Good evening, gentle listener, and welcome to Distractable. This week, Easy Rider Bob tells us how to outwit the corporate giants on call trees. Movie-making Mark explains why later seasons of Heroes sucked and relates his encounters with pyramid schemers. 60% Farmer Wade starts vexed with call centers, but gets the giggles later. From Elon Musk to churches for lawyers. Yes, it's time for... I wasn't ready. Now sit back and prepare to be distracted and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast, uh, Distractable Podcast. Uh, that was an intentional transition from nothing. I uh, hope you're all doing well. If you've never been here before, welcome to your first time. If you're back, why are you here still? But you are, so I guess we'll move on. Got him. What kind of pessimistic opening is this? Is this all? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> What's happening to you? I don't know, man. Are you still recovering from your laugh? Hmm? No, that was a week ago, man. I know, but you're still making weird noises. I don't even remember it. Oh. Mm. Who are you, me? <laughs> I never uh, remember anything. Oh, boy. Do we make any secret handshake deals I need to be made aware of before this episode kicks off? No, I don't think so. Okay, good. I don't, I don't remember shit. I watched you drink some soda. I drink or whatever it was. I drink some water and mark down a bowl of chili. Can of water. Oh, okay. I got bucket, bucket, bottle of water myself. I got a bucket of water. I find it easiest to get access to the bucket. What with the open top, dude. I don't know if you've seen, but like Starbucks has like a Trenta size thing now, and it's basically a bucket of coffee. It's so much to drink. What is Trenta? What does that mean? It's bigger than venti. I don't know, but it's big. It's really big. But what does that word mean? It's 31 ounces, but what does Trenta mean? Oh, I just saw I saw you could get it. What does Trenta mean? It means 30. Oh. But it's a 31 ounce cup. Ah, so maybe it's Trent-ish. <laughs> I know how things work. I don't know why I'm laughing so much at that, but good joke, I guess. You got me. And this was an intro-ish. It was kind of an intro. If you've never been here, there's a show where we bullshit like we just did. Uh, we met some buddy hosts. They make up shit, give away points, declare a winner, next person hosts, and things happen. We talk about whatever we want to because that's just who we are. Uh, and I think I'm legally obligated for small talk. So how are you guys? I'm saying this because I care, not because of the obligation. You know, Bob, we could leave. We could just go. I, the door. The door is right there. The door is right there. Your door is in shot. I you yeah. don't even have to pretend to leave. Like I could. I wouldn't pretend. I would leave. I would actually. I can leave. I can leave this room whenever I want. That's what they tell you. Uh, kudos to you, host. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wasn't prepared for this, Bob. But two points. Oh, two, thank you. Two points thank to you, Bob. Thanks. What if I do it? Uh, kudos to Waitos. <laughs> I'll give you one point because it's just, it's not, it's sad the attempt to recreate. <laughs> Mark has forgotten how to laugh, everybody. <laughs> if you didn't watch last episode, then you have no idea why this is happening, and that's okay. Go watch it. If you didn't watch it till the end, you definitely don't know what's happening. I'm good. Since you sincerely asked and are generally interested, I'm good. I'm pretty good. It's uh, the weather's getting nice here in Northern California, which is nice. That's uh, that's a fun time. 
that's it. I got nothing else going on. You guys don't want to hear about the baby anymore. Baby takes a lot of time. It's all baby stuff still. I have been doing a lot of research and making a few purchases in relation to camera equipment, and most of it has come in. Look at this thing! Wow! Ooh, that's a DJI Ronin. Oh, it is a Ronin. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's a Ronin. I too can read R-O-N-I-N. Hey, I knew that before it was on screen, okay, so... Who didn't to Ronin? <laughs> <sighs> no, awful. Minus oh. two points to you. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's, um, this is one of many things. Um, I got this. I got the new Komodo X, which I'm very excited to use. I got some sweet lenses that everyone else on the internet said was garbage and overpriced. But I went, I want those, and I bought them. You silly fool. Shouldn't you have the equipment before you film the movie, not after? <laughs> Did anyone tell you now you're just supposed to edit? You don't need to film it now. <laughs> Buying lenses for the post process. <laughs> silly fool. <laughs> got them. <laughs> Two points to me. <laughs> Oh, and sometimes it makes me laugh. Sometimes it makes me laugh. I'm like a Build-A-Bear that got messed up in the build process, but you kept it anyway and got it for a discount. Yeah, yeah, that's what makes you so adorable. Uh, but with 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 the stuff I've been getting, I've just been very excited because um, one of the things that I want to do after I'm done with this one, of course, Iron Lung, is obviously make more. Um, but I want to go back to how we did, like, not not we, you and I, but, like, with Who Killed Markiplier and, like, Day with Markiplier, where it's just, like, going out and making something. But now we can make it to such a higher level because I know more and like, you know, uh, we all know more and I've had experience with these crews and it's not like I don't ever want to work on a big project with a big crew again, but at the same time, part of the reason why I love YouTube is just being able to do individual creation. So being able to do that to a level that could be out in theaters or you could watch on any of the streaming platforms and stuff like that is like, <gasps> that's what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna give you a point. I'm just for being so brave. When I think about my dream of just making really, really high quality running gun content, and just really, it just makes me, <gasps> you know, I feel the same way, man. I feel you're creative, trying to escape from your body right now. You just want to go create so badly. <laughs> mm -hmm, absolutely. Contain it a little longer, pal. <laughs> That's actually how Mark is on the set. The the assistant, the AD comes over and is like, Mark, we're um setting this up. We were thinking. Well, where do you want, what kind of light do you want? And Mark is just like, hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I've got it. Hold on a moment. <laughs> All right. How'd you like that take, Mark? Oh, it was awful, awful. God, it was okay. It was sweet. Oh, God, do it again. Oh, God, it was, it was okay. Can I make a bold, uh, and what a time to make a statement like this, bold statement about unions oh yeah oh yeah no, by all yeah. means i would love to host the union episode uh mark does not represent the opinions of this podcast he speaks only for himself uh you mind if i make some sweeping proclamations all right cool <laughs> only if you generalize on top of them no uh, no no okay so right now as everyone knows a writer's strike is going on Probably. Oh, this is going to be bold. I can't wait for where this is going. I mean, it doesn't look like it's going to end, but it could end at any point if the, you know, production companies just are fair. But go on. If, right yeah, apparently it's cost more than they would have asked for by now uh, if they would have just given them what they want. And also it's fair. Like, I'm I'm a big proponent of unions. Unions are great. Like, especially when you're negotiating for the betterment of the people that are a part of the union and doing that at a constant pace and regularly, it can work in the favor because they're 
they're working towards the future. Now, all that aside, this is not about the writers union at all. I didn't know that when you because we did for Iron Lung a union shoot and I wanted to do that because I wanted it to be, you know, buy the books, pay people well, people being taken care of. Um, but there is a a a legacy uh, role in film production that requires you to have someone specifically there to do playback. Do you guys know what playback is? Literally, when you just play what you just recorded, you do a shoot and then you go over to the monitors and you're like, let's watch that back. And you watch what you just did, right? Exactly. Everyone out there, if you ever record a video on your phone, you watch it. That's called playback in the industry. If you are on a set that's a union set, you cannot request playback if you do not have a playback person hired and there. And this is a, I believe, a legacy thing from when film was predominantly literal film. Because they because they need to maintain, like, protect the film so it doesn't get damaged or degraded or whatever from exactly, this? Exactly. 100%. Okay. And that's how it went. And so this was a new thing to me. And also, uh, it was it was just like, I got nothing against, like, them enforcing union rules. I'm not trying to break union rules or anything like that. I'm not shitting on the union. It was just new. And it, it made no sense to me because it was... Pushing his playback, right? Uh, so we heard this rule on one day, and it was Friday or something. Uh, and then over the weekend, uh, I think uh, Evan went to Home Depot, or or uh, John Evan or John went to Best Buy, and they got two Elgato external recorders because on set we have big monitors that have SCI cables routed to them for the camera, so we can all see what's going on. So you can watch it live as it's happening. It was just like playing it again was the problem. So we got two external uh, recorders, and then I I opened OBS on my laptop. Uh, and Amy was able to just hit record with a double wide screen, both camera views there and be able to play back things. And this blew the camera department's minds. And they kept being like, how are you doing this? Everyone <laughs> was like, how are you doing this? How are you capturing both camera feeds on one? <laughs> like it was it was just making everyone and, and they were thinking like, because in, in the camera world, these things cost thousands of dollars a camera itself costs tens of thousands of dollars if it's a movie camera lenses can cost hundreds of thousands of dollars insane it's yeah. insane and here we are with basically 300 dollars worth of external recorders going into my laptop and a free piece of software and it is just blowing the minds of these people that have worked in the industry forever and it got to the point where once once the the people got to know me they realized like oh maybe it was kind of silly to to enforce this rule because I treat the crew so well and I want them to be treated well that all the camera department and every department came over to Amy who was running like was our playback person was like hey, can I see that again even the camera would come over and be like can I see that again hey can you pull up that shot <laughs> it's just like yeah exactly because uh it's just it's just interesting um some of these union rules that are old and it's just like I'm not, I've got nothing against it, but um, it is just it is just funny when the solution actually is much, much easier. And I wonder how many more things are just like much easier to solve than they would imagine. Yeah, no, that does happen, right? It's not I'm sure it's not exclusive to that industry. There's a lot of in tech stuff. There's a lot of legacy things where it's like we've always done it this way. You need this, this and this. You need these items and they all play. But there are like modern versions of it where it's like what you did, where it's like if you have one tool and a laptop you could accomplish the exact same thing, but the industry standard is whatever. Yeah, and like, absolutely. and I totally get why that person needs to exist in a world where it's recorded on film, right? You take a shot, 
And oh, at absolutely. best, you have maybe a couple reels of film. If the film gets, I don't, I don't even know how delicate it is, but touched, scratched, exposed to too much light. Like, I don't know the details of film, but it's incredibly delicate. And it's gone forever. There's no digital backup. There's no other film strip. Like, it's gone, gone. So mm-hmm. as a legacy thing, like, yeah, I get that. Why you would want to have someone protecting your physical creation. But that is funny that they didn't know that Elgados exist. And as streamers, <laughs> we're, we will buy that shit and plug it in and be like, yeah, capture this, capture that. Great, sweet, awesome. God, we don't even realize how good we have it because back in the day, like we used to use, uh, what was the software? I mean, Fraps, uh, Logmi and Hamachi. Fraps, hum- uh, Logmi and Hamachi. Uh, yeah, the like, play Gmod, we literally had to have Hamachi like every time back in the day. Doing this, what we're doing right now, which we're doing this on Riverside and that's a- Impossible. It would be, you would need a studio to be able to do yeah. this uh, a dozen or so years ago. This this tech didn't exist, even though it could have been done. The programming could have been done. The internet bandwidth could have been done. It just wasn't put together because there wasn't a need for this. And it's just like the tech just Well, advances. I remember, Wade, you hosted a show uh, back on Polaris or Maker or whatever it was. Are You a Robot? I think it was called. Are You yeah. a Robot? And it was this format where Wade was a host and there were four, three or four people who would like do like this, where we're all in separate places videoing in. The way they did that was with Skype and a really janky like window capture. They had a studio like they actually had a studio, but none of us were physically there. But they used the production process to put us together. That was there was a whole team of people janking that together. And it was not as good as this in terms of like quality and latency. It was kind of awful. If I'm honest, it did not work very well. Fun fact, (laughs) back then, I didn't know who Elon Musk was and we kept getting questions about him. And I referred to him as Ellen Musk for like two (laughs) years. Nobody ever corrected me. God, I'm going to do an episode in the future that's just like, Wade, do you know what this is? And I'm just going to like get a lot of modern <laughs> the answer will probably be no. You could mispronounce something. I would just go along with it because I'd be like, yeah, of course. Yeah, I know who Elon Musk is. The owner of Tesla. <laughs> yeah, Tesla. Telza. Yeah. But anyway, unions, right? You know, that was a lot better than I thought this was going to go when you were like, I got something to talk about with unions. I was like, oh boy, this is happening. <laughs> No, but yeah. if if you guys want to talk more about unions, I don't know. This isn't union related. <laughs> I'm going to change the topic. Well, and, it is, but uh, it reminded me uh-huh. because of like the annoyance was just like how things have been done. Uh, that being a requirement, which made no sense with, like you said, being able to get a laptop and just do it anyway. I hadn't. We're in the process of moving. And whenever you move, it turns out you've got to call and have like your electric turned on and your water turned on. All that stuff set Common up. Common knowledge. Sure. sure. So. Mm-hmm. I spent a day, it took about four hours to make the phone calls, to get all of those things ready to transfer, to set up, whatever. And it was annoying, but I I had to make like eight calls. It was like, okay, whatever. A couple of them took like 20, 30 minutes, but whatever. Got it done. I found out one of the appointments I set up had was on a, a day where we record this. I set it up on a Tuesday. I was like, ah, I'm going to move that so we can keep Tuesday open for recording the podcast. Tuesday's just my busiest day. I want to not add more stress to it. I'm just going to call and move the appointment. Should be a quick, easy phone call. Let me call and do that. I call. Someone answers. Well, no, you have to go through like the eight robotic steps of uh, for this, press one. For this, press two. For this, press three. For all other, press four. It's like, am I one or another? I don't even like one, maybe. I don't know. My question doesn't really apply to any of these things. You go through all those options and finally you get somebody and it's like, yeah, I'm calling. I had an appointment set up for this date at this time. And I really just want to move it to like the next day or, you know, whenever you guys can reschedule it. 
Oh, sure, let me take a look. Well, I can't do that from my post. Let me transfer you to someone who can. Great, that's fine. Hi, what's your name? What's the address? What's this, 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 you know, I just went through it, but you know, it's okay, it's a new person. Let me give him everything. Oh, uh, I can't actually help you with that. Let me transfer you to someone that can. Uh, but I just got transferred to you from, yeah, 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 but they thought I was this, whereas then what you really need is this. Okay, I didn't know that nobody in customer service was qualified to change the date of an appointment. That's kind of strange to me, but fine, let's go to the next one. And in my head, I'm saying this. I got transferred seven times to change the date of an appointment. I was sent finally to the right person. No one was in the office, so it went to voicemail. The voice uh-huh. message mailbox is full. <laughs> Can that happen with a company? So I couldn't even leave a voicemail. So I just had to call back and go through the process a second time. I took me an hour and a half to change the day and time of an appointment. Well, if you had just done it right the first time, yeah. paid a little attention How to detail. How can seven different people not be qualified to change the date of an appointment? What do they do if they can't do that? That seems like such a simple thing. It was like, nah, you'll have to talk to the manager's manager's boss if you want to change the date. You want to change the date? My hands are tied. I can set up an appointment. I can sell you stuff, but change the date? That's madness. What are you even asking me? I just needed to bitch about that because I had to listen to those press one. Here's your hold music. And they were like, all right, let me put your address in here. I'm just going to put you on hold real quick to talk to. No. And twice that put me on hold real quick turned into disconnect or transfer to somebody. Like then it starts ringing again. And it's like, oh God, it's ringing again. Where am I going? Who will I talk to? And I don't know. I was in the hedge maze of change the date. And it was the worst. And I don't know why it's set up like this. It's so bad. It makes me never want to use these companies. I want to find somebody who, God, I made another call right after this. And it was like a small, like uh, family owned business and a person answered. And I was like, Hey, I was trying to reach this person for this. Oh yeah. You're trying to reach so-and-so. Let me patch him through. He's right. Hey, come here and get to the phone. Okay. Hey, what's up? And I was like, God, I love you guys. Please never change. Oh. This, that reminds me, I mean, that's shit that you went through, but that reminds me of a great customer service experience that I had. I will never buy computers from another person, manufacturer ever again. I want to give a big shout out to Steiger Dynamics. They are by far the best computer company I have ever uh, worked with. And you probably have never heard of them. I'd never heard of them. Mm, Uh, They made my most recent computer. And what sold me on it is I was on their website and I was looking through the customization because they made home theater computers, which was a niche thing. And then they also made like enterprise class workstations with like custom liquid cooling solutions at reasonable prices. These are not reasonable prices for everybody, but for the parts you're getting, it was reasonable. And I go on their website and I'm the 4090 had just come out. And I'm like, I ask him like, hey, do you uh, offer like custom water cooling for a 4090? And he goes like, oh, actually, we just got those in a day ago. Let me go look. And he he, he in the email, he's in it. This is just an email. He he goes and looks and comes back. He's like, yeah, yeah, we just got those updated. Uh, uh, like, I'll get the website updated right now so you can see that option. Uh, and then five minutes later, he goes like, OK, refresh the page. And I refresh the customization page and there's a new option for a 4090. And I'm like, what? I've never experienced this before. Someone actually is working there, like right then and there. (laughs) (laughs) And like, I couldn't fathom it. Um, And then I was like, well, actually, I'm looking to get two. And I know that's kind of crazy. And they're like, ah, screw it. Refresh the page again. And I refreshed it. It was like two options. I'm like, my God, is anyone else here? And I was like, um, and then 
months later, just like a couple weeks ago, I emailed the guy because I'm like, for some reason, my computer doesn't have enough storage, even though I got 32 terabytes of NVMe storage, um, the movie's too big. So it doesn't fit. <laughs> it doesn't fit on all that. So I go like, hey, do you have any idea how to do Thunderbolt to USB-C? That was that whole deal. The guy emailed me back and didn't stop helping me. Like, literally came up with four different solutions like i think this might work this, this probably doesn't work you thunderbolt to USB-C is a very uh, troublesome thing steiger dynamics if you want a computer if you want a workstation class computer or a home theater computer which is a cool thing uh steiger dynamics okay before this episode comes out i need to make sure to reach out because i want to get there before the hordes get there yeah I'm not sponsored by them. I literally just had the best experience in the world. I've never had a better experience. That's awesome. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. That that like mom and pop shop type like response where it's not like 80 different robots you talk to before you talk to a person. It's like, dude, I don't even work here. How'd you get transferred to me? Let me call the company. I'll send you there. I don't even know. I work at a Wendy's, dude. How are you? What do you want? I work at a Wendy's. <laughs> it's like, who am I talking to? What are you qualified to do? Listen, grandparents. Ugh. I know back in the day, everyone answered the phone with a smile and shook your hand through a telegram and we all yearn for the times when communication took weeks instead of minutes. Bob, I don't want to hear it. This is ripped right out of Bob's Fridge episode, your phone call experience. I saw the animated again recently because I loved is it so the much. the world we live in, okay? It's, you're not, this is like, uh, I was on the freeway and some guy was going faster than me <laughs> over the speed limit. I was going five over and he went right past me slightly faster. How could he speed? I'm jaded, is what I'm saying. But mm. also, yeah, I mean, I, I've every phone call I've ever made to any company ever is exactly what you're saying with the phone trees and the disconnects. And so I know the Bob Bob's fridge one was a whole saga because that was a particularly rage filled tirade I went on. But yeah, that's how every phone call is. Like you're describing it. And I'm like, yeah, that's the first phase. You know what I've learned is if you really want to get to the heart of something, half the time, not all the time, but a good amount of the time, I just. I call and the robot answers and I'm like zero 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 because if you spam zero, it'll just put you to the general like desk. It'll put you to like the operator, right? And someone will, a person will answer the phone and then I'm just like, hey, I didn't give a shit to go through your stupid menus because I don't have four hours for this phone call. Can you connect me to this person or place or whatever? And almost, I would say most of the time, that person at least is like, yeah, I'll connect you and you go directly to the correct phone number. Do it. Abuse the system, spam zeros, get through that shit and talk to a human. It's way easier. It just blows my mind that general customer service was not qualified to change the day of an appointment. And when I finally got a hold of someone that was qualified, they had to talk to two supervisors before they could do it. But thankfully, it's, they were yeah. like in the room or something because they were just like, I'm going to put you on a brief hold. But I like they, they, they were even like, I promise you, sir, you won't be transferred this time. Because I was like, I've been put on hold for questions before and I got sent to the abyss. Don't do it. Please don't put me on hold. Like I was crying. I was, Please don't put me on hold. Don't do it. Please. Phone trees are just archaic. Like in the Ugh. day, in 2023, all customer service should just be like online based, Discord based. I don't care. You you chat with something, someone instantly, and they're like, "Oh, we should get on the a call." It's not a phone call. It's just like booty booty. Like it just pops up right then and there, and like, "Oh, I hear you," because almost every device has a has a freaking microphone and camera in it. You could just get a. It's just like these archaic phone companies. You know what's been a surprisingly good experience for me? There are companies that have uh, Twitter 
DMs open, like they'll have a support Twitter account, mm. and you could DM a bot through Twitter, but then you'll DM the bot and give it some info, and it'll like a person will read that and respond to you eventually, but it's in queue, right? Yeah. So like I'll be going about my day and it'll be like, oh, I got a that Twitter person responded, and then I give them a little more info or whatever. And it's slow, but you could just do it whenever it comes up. And it's not like you have to be on the phone on a call yeah. waiting for shit. Whenever that person reads your message, they respond, and then you respond. Actually, surprisingly good. Compared to phone calls, I mean it's still a pain in the ass because you're like sending a dozen messages when it could be a five-second phone call. But compared to phone trees and getting on hold and mailboxes being full and shit. I prefer messaging the bot on through Twitter DMs or Discord, like you said, like, that's fine. Give me that as an option, please. For everyone listening, being like, man, they're complaining about such old shit, old person shit. Look, when you become an adult, you gotta get on the phone a lot, and we're trying to change it. Don't get mad at us for complaining about it. We're trying to change the world. I would prefer a world where I never called another living being for the rest of my life unless it was because I wanted to because it's family. Yeah. I would do I would do emails, I would do chatbots, I would do messages, whatever, man. Anything to avoid fucking sitting on a chair just like listening to the whole music like, uh-huh, I hope they answer this time. I even <laughs> miss the music. Oh now you get the thing where they interrupt you with the same like three cycles of messages. They're yeah. like, hey, this is Bill. I own this company. Thanks for calling. Your your call is very important to us. Oh, I hate that. Your call is very <laughs> important But we'll be to us. right back in a moment. And then, like, you hear music for 10 seconds, and that same message cycles back. Hey, this is Bill. I'm the CEO of this company. Your call is very important. It's like, dude, you said this literally less than a minute ago. Please, it's been 10 minutes of hearing you say the same sentence. Stop! I like when they play ads during that part, too. Like, you're on hold, and it's like, oh, you should get our new ultra-premium service and upgrade your thing. And I'm like, I am trying to cancel this shit. Don't tell me things! Or when you are trying to get the service, they're like, have you heard of fiber internet? Would you like that? We offer- That's what I'm calling! Give it to me! Uh, you should sign up for our service today. All you have to do is call. <laughs> this brings me to um it's kind of late to introduce it now we've kind of been going for a while but that does bring me to today's topic mark you pretty much segued it perfectly the topic is things in life we just weren't prepared for when i you know just weren't prepared for it can be any time in life in my brain it was like becoming an adult and kind of going off on your own but really it's just anything dealing with phone call customer service seems like it should be so simple and the further we get into the future it's like dude I should be able to press three buttons and be done. Instead, everything is so compartmentalized that you can't even move an appointment time without getting some super specialist that's only in the office one day a week for one hour at a time. It's wild to me, but that's something I wasn't prepared for. Being a homeowner and dealing with all of the stuff where you have to call somebody and they're just like, hey, you want to get scammed, little boy? It's like, no, please just help me. I've got a leak. Oh, I'm going to scam you. You need more mud. Oh, press one for more mud. <laughs> press two for even more mud. Just, just can you replace the mud? Wasn't ready, but that's life. Things we weren't ready for. I've got topics I can go into, but you guys, if you have something you come up with, are we being boomery? Oh yeah, no. Yes, we're, we're this fully, we are very, fully doing that. Yes, this feels 
This feels old. I miss when phones were connected to the wall in the kitchen with that tangly cord. You know, honestly, I do miss that. That was like the very small portion of my childhood that that existed. Uh, but I miss the curly things. I good point. You you wind it around your finger, and your finger would start to turn purple, and then. <laughs> Dude, the, my childhood house, we had like one of those cutout walls and the phone was like on that little portion of wall that was left. But you could dial the phone, pass it around the wall and go like sit oh, on the chair, like frick, on the TV yeah, while you were on the phone. It was like I could kick back in that chair while on my phone and you could have the cord to play with and stuff. It was so How cool. old were you when this was a what? <laughs> I don't know, like second grade ish. I was about to say, yeah, I remember when I was like six or seven, I was called, I accidentally, well, not accidentally, my brother told me to, called the cops. And, you know, I was like, hello? Is there an emergency? Boing, boing, oh, I don't know. Oh, God. <laughs> Did you, like, not know what the cops were? Did he just tell you to call a phone number? Yeah, he called, so, uh, hey, so dial 911, and I'm just like, I don't know. What's your emergency? And I'm like, I don't know. And he's like, you want cops over at your house right now? <laughs> and I hang up. <laughs> Biggest nightmare for a kid was realizing the cops can call back, because when that phone started ringing again after I hung up, I was like, it can't be, and I pick up the phone and I'm like, I'm sending cops to your house, and I'm like, I don't want to die. I, I, thought that was, I thought that was you for a second. But child Mark answers the phone and is like, I'm sending cops to your house. <laughs> the police, the good guy on the other end is like, oh, you you know what? No one's done that before. Shit. Yeah, I, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. It's very threatening. I, I regret that I've done that so many times now. That was horrible. Yep. Very, very scary. That was something you weren't prepared for. They could call back. Doing, 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 doing. This episode is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile. Everyone loves Mint Mobile, and it's time for more Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile. If you say a word too much, it doesn't sound like a word anymore. Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile. Did you know Mint Mobile has unlimited talk and text? Everyone knows Mint Mobile has unlimited talk, text, and data plans for $15 a month when you buy a three-month plan. Everyone knows it. Everyone knows you can save with Mint Mobile. M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash distractible. Use distractible. Use the slash distractible. To get this new customer offer, go to mintmobile.com slash distractible. That's M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash D-I-S-T-R-A-C-C-I-B-L-E. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month for the first three months only. Speed slower than 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. This episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. Guys, I found another subscription. It's not even one. They keep coming. What? That's crazy. But that's okay, because I could use Rocket Money. Uh... <clears throat> Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Rocket Money can help you have full control over subscriptions, have a clear view of your expenses. If there's anything in there that says, like, hey, please cancel this for me, don't press it. I'm going to go press all of those buttons. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all 
of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash distractible. That's R-O-C-K-E-T-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash D-I-S-T-R-A-C-T-I-B-L-E. Rocketmoney.com slash distractible. You should get that, Mark. It's probably important. Oh, no way. No, you know what? You know what I wasn't prepared for? This is uh, older, but still youthful, uh, youthful ignorance and uh, shenanigans. Um, how easy it is to get a motorcycle and just have one of those. Um, I had a motorcycle in college and I literally mm-hmm. took, I had 700 bucks in cash and I went on Craigslist and I was like, what kind of motorcycle can I get for 700 bucks? Probably a good one. And I found this guy who lived in Kentucky, who just crossed the river in Kentucky, and who was selling this old 1970s. Have you told this story on here? I've talked about my motorcycle, but th- not this specifically. Oh, okay. I did not have to take any classes. You can get a uh, learner, like a motorcycle learner's permit license in Ohio by filing paperwork. I turned in like a sheet of paper and it was like, I want to ride a motorcycle. And the DME was like, okay, yeah, just... Go ahead, I guess. You know, come back, come back and do the test at some point, and we'll give you a real license. But this is a fake license. You could totally ride a motorcycle with this. No worries. I never learned how to do it, and I just bought this motorcycle from this dude with cash. I met him in a parking lot in Kentucky, and I like, I like had a helmet and a and a jacket, and I looked at it, and I was like, hmm. And he was like, Do you uh, you're gonna ride this home right now, right? Which requires like going on a highway and some stuff. <laughs> Um, do you know how to ride a motorcycle? And I was like, I've ridden a bike. So <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and I drive a stick shift car, so I know how like gears work, right? And this dude had just happened to be have some free time. He taught me how to ride a motorcycle in that parking lot. He was like, now just go real easy. And it was like a, a kid with his dad. I was like going up and down the parking lot, like, whoa, whoa. And then at some point he was like, okay, stranger. I'm going to go. <laughs> you hadn't even introduced yourself. I hope you don't die in a fiery accident on the way home on this motorcycle. You've clearly never ridden anything like this before. He just drove away in his truck. He's like, my conscience is clear. I gave you some instruction. I won't feel bad if you're splattered now. See you later. Good luck. I lived. So uh, it was fine. And I, I actually really enjoy motorcycles, but they're, uh, they're a little dangerous. And now that I have like a kid and stuff, it, I can see why it's maybe a, a little irresponsibly risky to like have a motorcycle instead of just a car where if I get in an accident, I don't die or, you know, become maimed and terribly injured and road rash all over my body just from a simple accident. But yeah, like I love that motorcycle. I had a good time, but I was not prepared for how easy it was to buy one. And then I'm just standing in a parking lot like, huh, I guess let's go home. Okay, me. You're in charge. Uh, it was it was really scary. <laughs> I had a family member who just got licensed to drive like semi trucks, and it was like a four week class, which about about as long as it took just to get your general license. But for me, it was like, dude, if you're gonna drive one of those giant semis around, you gotta be in school for like years. There's probably like semi college you have to go to. You have to like go get your semi master's degree. Like those things are so big and dangerous, and there's so much stuff you have to like learn to pack and undo the trailer and all this. That's gonna take years to get that. And he was just like. Uh, I'm done. I was like, what? I wasn't done thinking about how long it must take to get your license. Like, no, nah, I got it like that quick. And that blew my mind. I don't know. Those, those have never intimidated me that much. Well, I got hit by one. So I guess my brain's a little different a on that. A tractor trailer backing up even in a video game, which I'm good at. I'm like, how oh, I couldn't even do the math in my head. 
I feel like there should be at least a class. Well, there was. There was a class. It was just very short. It's probably very intensive. But I mean, it's it's you just a lot of it is is learning about how the truck works and like, you know, check the brakes, check the fluids, whatever. I'm sure it's it's like a checklist. It's not that the driving skill. Yeah, you I might hope they would develop that a little bit more, but it's not like that. It's like a big car. You know how cars are, Wade. I know you don't know you don't have a car, but you're familiar with cars. Anyway, you both get three points for whatever that was. No, thank you. That was well, sincere. Too I, just, bad. I hadn't turned it off yet. What were your topics, Wade? Well, things, I, I mean, I've got several. One thing I wasn't prepared for that's kind of a sillier one is like whenever a show you really like either ends or is canceled. Is it really that bad? I remember, I, I forget what show it was. I think... <laughs> I remember loving Are You Afraid of the Dark, but I remember when, like, I was really upset when Angry Beavers didn't last very long. It was like a Nickelodeon show. And I loved Angry Angry Beavers. Angry Beaver. Yeah, I loved Angry Beavers, man. And when that went away, I was just like, well, it's got to come back. Mom, make it come back. Like, fix it. I want more Angry Beavers. And I just wasn't prepared. I wasn't prepared for that to happen. I know people that only got the one season of Firefly were pretty devastated by that. Apparently a lot of Netflix shows, like they get like two to five seasons and don't, don't keep going. There's a lot of people that are like, man, I want that show back. I don't know. Just that's something I wasn't ready for whenever it happened. Cause it's like, this has existed my whole life. I'm like seven. I've always loved this show from the two years it's been on. I can't remember life before it. And then it ended. And I was just like, but it's gone. And I remember it. Where is it? I want it back. And I've I've always had a pit in my stomach for angry beavers. You know what? I realized something that ties back into what we were talking about before, but also was just like Uh was news to me because the writer's strike is going on right now. And there was another writer's strike back in 2008. And there was a show that I watched in that year called Heroes. Yeah. Heroes that I really liked. I didn't learn until this writer's strike that the reason Heroes was so good in the first season and so ass in the second is because of the writer's strike is because they tried to just push the show through and just be like, we'll figure it out as we go. And I don't know who they hired to write it. If it was just like the director or something like, I have no idea. Yeah. Well, it was a complex show, right? The thing it was chat GPT alpha. (laughs) I don't, I don't know if that was out there, but that was the thing, right? Heroes. They had a ton of like characters, right? There were like a lot of intertwining stories and in new characters that were sort of, introduced in the second season and then when the writer strike happened they were just like shoot some stuff fill the scene oh my god and none of the characters got developed and all the stories just like fell flat and sucked yeah yeah exactly uh and it was um uh bad it was very bad and it was because of the writer strike and i'm like if you guys had just waited like a couple months like just a few just a few it would have been fine it would have been totally fine why did you have to fight for your employment rights now wait until the season no, break no 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 not the strike not the strike no oh, you no. mean delay filming the show the filming, oh, the filming. okay i thought with you <laughs> these uppity writers stupid selfish writers why couldn't you just wait for these shows to finish can't you build your strike around my show <laughs> <laughs> no no I'm with you that makes more that makes more sense postpone film I mean what yeah, I can't yeah, yeah. imagine what people think though right because that is 
I've been hearing stories about that. Heroes was a big one, but there were other movies and shows where they, like what? They had like a, uh, what was it? One of the Transformers movies started filming during that 2008 strike. And apparently, like, they, Michael Bay or someone just showed up with, like, one piece of paper that had, like, an outline of the movie on it. And they were like, yeah, we could start filming stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> that has to be just, like, a rumor, right? That can't be real. The writers are not the only ones that make the show happen or the movie happen. But I can't imagine what people think when they're just like, oh, we'll just start filming it. It'll come together. Just uh, get some shots, get some set, do some setups. It's like, you don't, you, you don't, no one is steering this bus you're just letting hitting the gas on a bus and letting it go over a cliff or like wherever no it is exactly like that no. it is so much like yes why do you think it would be otherwise why it should be otherwise that's why, why? according to who I, my, I can't, man. No, this. No, no. no there no. is a. This date. is like styrofoam There's, to my innards. Uh, no, it's it's not planned like you think it is. It's not like, oh, this is a great idea. Let's do it now. It's like, oh, we have a gap in our schedule that needs to be filmed. Transformers. That did good before. Yes, yes, yes. Go, go. You're gonna get this guy and this guy, and you guys going. Whose schedule's open? Who's available? You, you, you. And that's how it happens. Literally, it's so much no money to just toss shit together like that. It's millions and millions of dollars to be like, we better make this happen. Just start filming. I don't care if there's no script. You talk, you talk, you talk third. All right, it's a scene. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> like, really? <laughs> Think of how much money would be lo lost if they didn't go for that time slot and actually thought about what they were doing. No, 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 no. Not at all. I choose not to believe this. I can't. It's a fact that I don't believe you, Mark, and I only deal in facts. Okay, all right. Well, it's a fact that I don't want to believe you. You caught me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, con 4K with the facts on my end. Uh, anyway, that's, that's wild. wild. Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're so goofy. Oh my gosh. TV shows was one. Um, there's the obvious ones, right? Like taxes, no one knows. Being self-employed, there's no planning for that. Money in general is just very confusing sometimes, like trying to plan things out, knowing like how to, like when I was working um, at UDF doing ice cream years ago, it was like trying to budget out like what I was making to help pay bills and be prepared for everything. Like you learn how to balance a checkbook, or at least we used to, I don't know if they do that anymore, but I remember learning how to balance a checkbook in like ninth grade. And other than that, there was no help whatsoever with like finances and stuff. And it was like, I got a paycheck great what do, how, how i gotta pay a bill somehow how do i like there's nothing there's no help for that i had no idea what i was doing and i remember i had to, like a car payment and student loans and stuff and i was just like how am i supposed to know how to do this how, what do i do how i'll tell I you know. what i wasn't prepared for in that similar vein is just college in general and i'm not talking like oh the workload oh the you gotta like be responsible stuff like that I went into college not even knowing what college really was. Mm, I'm yeah, dead I serious. I would agree. No, I agree with you. I feel that too. Yeah, it's just like I didn't understand. I barely understood what high school was. <laughs> I barely understood why <laughs> school occurred. It was just something that you did. You showed up and that happened. And you go to class and that on a conceptual level was all it was. College as a, as a nebulous idea was just like, it's high school plus. 
Yeah. Maybe. yeah. <laughs> but I didn't even understand what co- high school was, let alone going to college, suddenly being thrown into this cocktail of not only responsibility and classes and then the student loan debts and how easy it is for getting a credit card and that whole experience there. But just like, mm. I didn't understand why I was there. I did not know why I needed to. All I needed to... Because that's how you get lots of money to have a family and a picket fence. Duh. Yes, you go to college. Exactly. To, yeah, that's it. People just went like, of course you did, and no one explained it on the way. It was so uh, such a given. Didn't you pick your job in junior high like the rest of us? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how it was for us. They, like, literally, there was one day in junior high where we went to like our computer room, because we had a computer room in the high school, or the junior high school, I don't know if you guys remember, and they like had us fill out this little survey, and this survey popped up with like a little wheel, uh, or a pie chart, rather, not a wheel, it was a pie chart. It was just like, Oh, I matched with 60% farmer, 30% lawyer, 10%. Like, it told me how I matched with different careers. And I was just like, so I pick one of these and that's my job. (laughs) I guess I'll go lawyer. Those make good money. That is literally why I was pre-law, because I took something in eighth grade that told me I might be okay at it. I love that you're 30% farmer. I just, that, I'm going to remember that. You're 60% farmer. Oh, 60% farmer. farmer. Oh, he's a man. He's a farmer. He's so farmer. I I like that all those tests only had the cliched ones too. They're like, I'm, I'm 12% firefighter. I'm 16% police officer. Oh, man. Thank God I didn't match with factory floor worker. And they didn't have health insurance, uh, you know, actuary on there or whatever. They didn't have stuff like that. It was very specifically like the broad topics. They were like, you could go into law, medicine, farming, or cooking, or, you know, shit like that. It was like, I guess those are the things I matched with. So I literally went through college thinking like, okay, well, that's the one. That was one of the things I did. I liked watching Law and Order. I liked doing my pre-mock trial stuff and all that. I was like, okay, I, I guess I'll go do that. And then I finished college. And it's like, after I finished college, it was literally like, that was the first time I was even adult enough in my brain to have the thought of like, what do I want to do now that I have this degree I owe thousands and thousands of dollars for? I did not... um care very much about like being responsible and planning none of us did we were kids for like high school and college like i got to college and i was like this is fun this is like a party but i have a striking memory of after i graduated looking and like i still was working at jimmy john's at the time and i was like oh i should get like a job like a career job you know because i i didn't really have a plan for that and i started looking into stuff and applying for for jobs just like desk jobs and I remember I, I took a several interviews, well, more than several. I had a lot of interviews and went and did like, you know, some of them were like scams and some of them were like, come shell insurance for us. It's great. Total scam type job things. And every time I'd get there and I'd be in, in the middle of the process, just like, why would I want to do this? What's my motivation here? It was such a weird realization that it was, I'd gotten through college and not even ever thought about like, why did I do all that? Yeah, people exactly. would ask you like well what do you want to do and it's like i don't like you have to like make up an answer like they would push you till you answered it was like here's my answer i guess and it was just like i lived on that until like for some reason something finally like triggered internally it was just like no what do i want to do and it was like well now it's too late i've gone through all of this i took my l set i'm so invested like i can't change now and that's why i just kept working at, like this ice cream place for a while because i was not motivated to apply to law schools because i knew deep down i didn't want it but i felt like i was stuck and compelled to do it and then we fell into doing this um, with Drunk Minecraft and then obviously you taking off and all that. But it was just like, 
in terms of not being prepared for how college works, law school was hilarious to me. Law, I, I went to law school and like I knew nothing about it. I didn't know what's, what the, how the classes work. There's a specific method they use in law school. It's called the Socratic method. It's much more discussion oriented than a lot of like higher level education stuff where it's just a lecture. You sit there, you listen, you take notes. In law school, everyone is expected to uh, participate in a conversation. So you're expected to have read whatever material, usually read, you know, a handful of cases and have some analysis and some something ready to add to the conversation. And uh, I was completely unfamiliar with that. And I showed up on the first day of law school. They were just like, uh, orientation starts at uh, like 9 a.m. Wear a suit and a tie. Wear your nice suit. Come to this room for first year orientation. And I got there and I was like, okay, okay, cool. We're lawyers. Everyone's in suits and stuff. And it's like, ah, cool. Yeah, all right. This is where. And immediately they were like, all right, so here's all your homework. Have these cases and stuff uh read and brief them and uh, be ready to, to have discussion on, you know, tomorrow classes start or whatever. So read this. Uh, you should have already read this, but here's your homework. Just case. And I was like, what's a brief? What's a Hey, how do I analyze a case? What they just started saying shit. You're supposed to extract things like a holding from the case, which is, you know, the, the actual decision of the judge, the issue of the case, which is where you distill down the core legal thing that's in dispute in the case, all this stuff. And so we did, we sat through that and I was kind of like, I'll figure out how to do that. Uh, that's a that's a later issue. And then the next part of orientation, they took us to a church where they were going to have some speeches. But before the speeches started, we were all sitting, a bunch of 1Ls in suits, sitting in this church. A woman in full costume comes out of the side of like the stage front area of the church and just starts singing. Um, it's a song from the Disney movie uh, uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame called God Help. God save the outcast or God help the outcast or something. This woman just comes in. She's holding a rose. She's in like a costume and she just starts going, God help the outcast. And I think I'm having a fever dream or some shit. Like I'm sitting here in my suit and tie just like, hmm. I forgot that church was a mandatory requirement of law school. <laughs> well, I was a pretty conservative private law school that I went to. Uh, I didn't. Uh, but yeah, no, like, I, she just comes and she's singing. And I, I'm sitting there like, oh, my God, I've lost my fucking mind. What is happening? And did I apply to a joke law school? Oh, no. Like, that was the weirdest shit. That was orientation. She sings the whole song. Nobody introduced her. There was she just did it. And she finished. She like walked through the aisles of the of the pews and the, through the audience, and we're just she like collect money. Oh, hey, okay, yeah, no, cool. She's singing in the audience. This is cool when they do it in musical theater. Though this must be pretty neat, I guess. And then like that finished, the dean gave a speech, and he was like, "All right, go home and start reading, and never stop reading for the rest of your lives." <laughs> they never acknowledged it. That's it. Yeah, no, there was no explanation. <laughs> on my way out, I grabbed a program because I didn't get one on the way in. And I looked and it was like, uh, you know, meet and greet. It's take your seats. Musical performance. Speech from the dean. And I was like, ah, oh, shit. Wow. That was so. I wish it was unscripted. There was just a lady who knew that you guys would be there. And she was just like, <laughs> I'm going to get dressed up and perform for them. Uh, it was it still is one of the most unbelievable moments because I just for a long time, it was like a five minute long song. Right. So I'm just sitting here like <laughs> no one else is getting up or saying anything. So 
I'm not going to be that guy who's like, oh, what are you doing? I'll just listen and clap along. And, and uh, do we participate or do, what do I sing? Is there, am I in the chorus for this or what? Is this like street performance art? I don't know, man. Uh, but yeah, law, nobody explains shit in law school. And they're just like, read these cases. Here's a song. This lady's going to sing at you and be real sad. All right, be a lawyer. <laughs> nobody fucking prepared me for that, man. It was tough. Here's your homework. Here's the song. <laughs> Every day you get done with classes and they're like, wait, the song's starting. Everyone gather in the atrium for the song of the day. Big part of law school. Have I ever told you, have I ever talked on this podcast? Bob, you know about this, but the time I almost got roped into a pyramid scheme. Oh yeah, I remember that. I don't know if you've talked about that. I've gone to, I went to a couple meetings for pyramid schemes, but go ahead. Yeah, that was a thing because like um, in, I think this was freshman year of college. Uh, this was in around the same era as when we got signed up for that credit card real easily at the peace yeah. party. Yeah. And I think some friends of mine had talked to me about like, oh, they wanted to get started in this business opportunity. And right now we all know that that's code word for pyramid scheme. But at the time, ha had no idea. I'm like, oh, business. That sounds pretty cool. You starting your own business? And they go like, yeah, I'm starting my own business. I'm like, good for you, man. Good for you. And he's like, you want to be a part of it? He's like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready for that. Uh, and then they start, they give the spiel. And at this point, I didn't know what the spiel was. And so I'm like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. So you have this company that you buy products from, and then you sell those products, and then you can get rank up for every referral that you have that you were, it sounds great. I have friends that I could refer into it. Oh, this is easy. You only need to sell how much per month? Oh, you can buy your own. It's easy. Yeah. The money comes from the referral. That's why I, I talked to you about it. And it was just like, even, I don't even think you fully were aware. I think you had a clue that it no, was like you, a pyramid you scheme. You talked to me about it and I was like, that sounds weird, but also I want to make money. Like yeah, exactly. I, I, I yeah. was kind of into it. I was like, yeah, no, I, I could see how you would make money doing this. That's interesting. So the turning point for me was like, yeah, this sounds great because uh, they invited me out to this seminar, right? I think I went with you to that. There was like a big thing at like a... I remember you and I going to like a big, it was like a, like a ballroom kind of thing. You right? were there? Awesome. I, I went to one great. of those. I went to that. Yeah. Then you can corroborate <laughs> this because this is how insane it was. Cause it's what it was like, what you were talking about reminded me of this. It's a room of maybe a thousand people. Wade, think like our, our, when we did a panel at an event. I went to a couple of these seminars. I don't know if I was at the you one you talking about. You were there too? <laughs> I wasn't with you guys, but I also had friends who were like, dude, there's a way we can make lots of money. All we need it's like an $80 investment and then we can make hundreds back. Go ahead. Exactly. Story. It might have been something else. There were a lot of scams flown by. Um, but it was like a room. Everyone was in great suits. Like my yep. buddy was there and he was in this fantastic suit with like yep. a tie chain and everything. And this guy comes up like, woo! And everyone's like, ah! <laughs> yeah, yeah. People lost their minds. <laughs> yeah. Bitcoin! It was like being in the audience for like a daytime television show whenever you go to yes. these seminars. Yeah, and and he was talking about, you want to make money? Everyone was like, yeah! I was like, I've worked so hard to bring you guys here. And let me tell you, it was an investment, but I'm here now at Ruby level or whatever the shit was. He was right. talking about these different levels. And it's like, I've recruited a thousand people. Therefore, I'm making six figures. 
when I hit Ruby level last year, the company sent me this Rolex, which is worth $25,000. Yeah. If you want to get your own Rolex, what do you got to do? Get to Ruby level! <laughs> it's like a fucking cult, man. It's crazy. It is like a cult. It is so much like a cult. It was so like a cult. But I could see how people would be roped into that because it was just, yes. it was infectious. You wanted to be like, yeah, I want to be a Ruby. Like, um, and so I was not prepared for what a pyramid scheme was. Uh, and he would be like, he had his money. He was like, this here is a $10,000. He was fanning it. He was like, this is less than I make in one month. This is just one of my checks. Blah, that sort of shit. And yeah. so uh, afterwards, like, everyone take a picture of me and my money. And I remember this very, <laughs> very distinctly is uh, uh, I didn't get a picture, but I remember him panicking because he let people hold his money and there was less money than there should have been by the time he got back. <laughs> so somewhere in there in the chain of picture taking, someone just started taking money from him. Oh, how are you going to do that with not prop money? Who's going to use real cash for a bit like that? Holy crap. They couldn't afford to waste money on the prop money. Yeah, so this was like back then I was not prepared for the credit cards, the scams, the schemes, the pyramid schemes. What is the one that goes around today that people know now, but not people in it? Uh, know, but, uh, I don't know. There's a few. I mean, there's Herbalife is like a kind of a pyramid scheme. Yeah, they call it multi-level marketing now. Yeah, yeah, MLMs, right? Dude, they focus so little. I don't know about the one you went to. They focus so little on the product. It was like some kind of like people are going through a hard time. This this book will help them and help you feel better about yourself and you can spread mm. the message and make money while you do it. And then that was like, that was all we knew about the product. After that, it was how we could make money. It was three minutes on talking about the product and like an hour about how we could make money doing it, how many referrals you need to get, like you said, get to certain levels and stuff, how much money they make. Like it was all focused on how much money you could make and so little on what the product itself was. They very much knew that you were there to make money, not for the product. Someone else needs the product. You just need the money. They would always have like the hype guy like Mark was talking about, but they always have someone who followed them who would kind of explain how you make the money. And it was uh, listening to them was always like, like trying to figure out how the Fortnite battle pass works. Right. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, oh, well, if you sell $500 a month, you get six quality points. You spend your quality points to upgrade your level, but you don't want to upgrade level too fast because you can spend your quality points to get discounts. So you could buy even more product. If you spend three quality points, you get a 20% discount. And then you spend a thousand a month that gets you 12 quality points a month, but you're only spending three of those quality, but then you have, Nine quality points left on the month. You can use that to scale yourself up to the platinum level on your first month. All you need. And it's like, whoa, what the fuck? It sounds like you're explaining a way that I could make money by doing nothing and by spending money on products. Buying me, buying things from you somehow makes me money is what it sounds like you're explaining. Yeah, you got to move the product. And it's all like it always felt like that to me because it's like, well, if you just recruit three friends, they recruit three more friends and they recruit three friends and you have 9000 people working for you that you get commissions from those 9000 people who are all underneath you. But and that'll get you all the way up to the gold, gold, gold platinum level. And it's like, you know, the only reason I never actually got roped in was because I didn't have enough money to make the initial investment. There were times where I was like, dude, if I had $80, I would do this. I've got like 40 bucks to my name. And they were like, just save up. Give me a call when you've got the money and we can get you in. It'll be perfect. By the time I got home and thought about it, I was like, 
why would I buy this? Shouldn't I just be selling it to other people? Why do I have to buy it first? Wouldn't wouldn't I just have a garage full of that product and then they would just have the money and I would have nothing except that product? Uh, I won't name names, but some of my friends had trunks full of these like knockoff energy drinks and like mm. things like all I do is I buy this stuff myself. <laughs> And I drink energy drinks anyway. That was like the, the pitch. It's like, you're drinking it anyway. Buy it for yourself and make money. It's, it's... Make money on that. There's so many different kinds of products that they do this with. That's how the stock market works. The stock market works just by going like, uh, you buy me and I buy mine and you buy <laughs> mine and we trade that and it's no values created, but everyone's making money. Do you remember whenever people like started catching on and companies would try to be like, it's not a pyramid scheme because the pyramid's like upside down. <laughs> They're like, you start up here and you work your way down to the point. It's like, so like a pyramid, but upside, no, not a pyramid. Pyramids go up. This one, you work your way down. It's like they found different ways to try to yeah design it. We prefer to call it an invertimid scheme. Invertimid <laughs> scheme is such a strong word. It's more like a pyramid special. It's a plan. It's a it's it's the uh, uh, tetraparabahedral. What's the, there's another word for uh, three to four dimensional pyramid. I'm not gonna get you there, sorry. That's not a thing I know. Tetrahed tetrahed tetrahedron. That's something with three. Uh, uh. Tetrahedron. <laughs> yes. It's okay. a tetrahedron tetrahedronal plan. I also I want to qualify. I'm not commenting at all on the products themselves because I don't know the quality of any of these companies' products. I assume a lot of them are schemish to the point where they're bad, but some of them might be decent products that actually work. But the layout of the company and the way it's presented historically whenever I was in high school, college was always very like shady, scummy, very charismatic person. And then usually they'd be like, we didn't have a money person. The one I remember, there wasn't like a money guy that came out that talked about points, but there was like, and here's the guy that started it all. It was like the CEO would step down and he was the one swagged out in what looked like very expensive stuff with the Rolex. And he was talking about, I started this in my garage like two years ago and look at me now. I have a vacation home down in the Bahamas. I've got a yacht over here and you could be me in two years too with enough effort. And like. That was the guy that was the follow-up, was like the rich look-at-me guy. It was charismatic, I'm working my way up guy, and then CEO would step in and be like, fucking loaded! Buy my shit and you'll get rich somehow. There needs to be like high school courses on that sort of stuff, where yeah. it, just, it needs to be a class where the theme is, if it sounds too good to be true, go with that gut feeling. Yeah, because that's so that's always the case. If there's a credit card where it's like no interest and, and basically free money. Nope, <laughs> that's going to screw you over somehow. It's a it's a pyramid scheme or it's a mainstream main multi-level marketing, whatever one of these things. And they're like, you'll make money just by buying product and having it. And, no, that's not how that works. You yeah. should trust your gut on that. I would have invested too, man. I'm telling you, if I had the money, I would have invested because they were so persuasive. I, I was in the same boat as you would. I was when Mark told me, I, I remember I was like, hmm. Mm -hmm. I was an honor roll smart kid, but like just when you don't know something, you don't know something. And so when someone's presenting you an opportunity to make money, what sounds like an easy way and you've got none, it's so tempting to be like, oh, I got nothing to lose except for this $80 investment, I guess. Like it, it literally does. It's not though. So don't do that. I wonder if anyone was listening to this right now and being like, <laughs> but not my business that I... <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> My garage full of stuff is great. Yeah, and I sell some. Oh, I haven't sold anything in a while. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah. So 
Uh, just be careful out there, everybody. I've got a whole list, but like looking at the time, we'll have to wrap up. Maybe we'll do a follow-up sometime, but there's a lot to this that I wish we had known. But alas, we are where we are. Um, well, we're older now, so now we know. I had a whole section on getting older, man. I was so I was like the big reveal. <sighs> getting older! No one prepared it! <sighs> but, you know, ne next time, next time. <laughs> um... All right, looking at the points, I quit calculating after about the 20 minute mark. That was a while ago. Let me assign some points real quick. Remember how good and insightful all my stories were? You know, I'm tempted to put this down to a coin flip. Mm, that doesn't sound mm, very good to me. Interesting. Mm. Mark, how do you feel about a coin flip? I feel indifferent about a coin flip. In fact, I am eager for a coin flip. Man, oh man, the score is real close. But is it not is it not tied? If it's not tied, then there is a winner and a loser, so we don't need to do a coin flip. Okay, back when I was assigning points at around however long ago it was, it was seven points Mark, six points Bob, and I don't know how many points to give since then, so I was just gonna give an even amount. That would put Mark one point ahead at the end. That would, why do you say that would, it, it does it? Does it or well, not? Well, it does, but that was, you know, the argument throughout the coin flip. Wade, I, you know, what else I have to say about that is that you did an excellent job hosting this episode. It was a very interesting topic. Well, thank you. Let me give you a point for that. We had a wide ranging discussion and I feel like it was really like an old school classic episode of Distractable and I commend you for such an excellent uh, uh, thing, job that you did. Thank you. Mark, would you like to kiss my ass for a point? You have the most beautiful eyes I've ever seen. Okay, I'll give you a point, but I know you're playing me, but I'm gonna let you. It's just stunning, <laughs> like the stars on a clear, moonless night. The way that your beard frames your chin, the jawline that that's creating for you. Okay, me. I've got to stop this, boys. I got, God, we got to move on from me. Enough about me. You know, there's a reason why I only had Wubba reprised in space and not Bubba. It's because Bob had to leave, but I'll take it. <laughs> but you were so loyal and you stuck it through. I was one. Yes. Uh, I could see why you wear red shirts all the time. It does wonders for your complexion, which is good to begin with, but the red really brings out those low lights, which is such a hard thing to accomplish. It's such a savvy move that you have the, this perfect shade of red, and it just, I mean, you just you get like rosy cheeks, but the perfect amount, not too much. Just like it's, who does? I gotta say this felt nice, and now I just start to feel dirty and objectified after a minute or two, I think, but uh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, <clears throat> um... Well, after all of the ass-kissing that's happened, I still have Mark up by one point. I think we should do a coin flip, guys. I've always been a big fan uh, of coin flips. I'm okay. Yeah, no, he's okay. So he's okay if we do it. So we should do a coin flip. I think he said he's in. That's what he <sighs> means. We don't need a coin flip. I don't know what you're afraid of, Mark. I don't win coin flips. I believe in Wade's ability to make smart and passionate decisions. I believe Wade had a passionate uh, all right, idea wins. to do the what? <laughs> Uh, no, I want a coin flip. Oh, you do want a coin flip? Yeah, let's do a coin flip. All right. All right, I unwin. So uh, do I flip this or do I do the one on the website? Which one do you want, Bob? Let's cap it, baby. Which one is heads? That's tails. That's heads. I got to move some stuff. So I'm going to have to do Mark's what? like lifty here, I think. I know. Yeah, see? It's the only way. The fair, the fairness the triangle. Fair. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so here is tails. Black circle, uh, got it. Focus. I trust you inherently. I don't even need you to show this to me. I believe you. I uh, know that you know what you're doing. This seems fair. Mark, you technically had the most points, so I'll allow you to call it. Heads. I haven't flipped it yet. It'll still be heads when it's in He's here. He's pre-calling heads. He's committing. 
Oh shit! Jesus Christ! The fuck? <laughs> it was about what? to dislo. It was about to maybe hit a cable or a key that would have ended this call, so I had to catch it. <laughs> okay. Oh fuck. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you want to call it, Mark? I'm gonna go get it. Call heads. You called heads already. I called heads. Jesus. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. I should have just taken it. I. Uh. It should have, cause it's tails. The triangle of it's fairness tails. says it is tails. That looks like heads to me. I don't know what you're talking about. That's a head. No, it wasn't. My knees really hurt. This floor's very hard. All right, but what was it on the first three times you flipped it? You just allowed that to be tails. I call bullshit on this because- Okay, you know what? We'll do two out of three. Call it again. Heads. Why don't you know how to flip Why? things? How are you not? Doing this, it's tails. There's, this doesn't make it, you can't just let it fall on your lap. You don't even try. I don't have a lot of desk space. We'll edit this all out. Cut the episode right where Wade says, and Mark has one more point than Bob, and then none uh, of this ever had to happen. Wow, it's tails a third time. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Then it's just like a weighted. Is this oh weighted? My God. This is the same as yours. No, it's not. Mine's at least even. Wait, show it to me again. Doesn't yours have a bulbous tip on one side? Hold it up horizontal. What is happening? It's got a bulbous tip on one side. It is much heavier on the head side. No, no, the no. head side. Very fair. No, no, no. I call bullshit on that. That's not fair at all. You can't have a weighted lens cap. At least oh. this one was even. Mine's evenly bulbous. It's as much in on one side as it is out on the other. That's not how that works at all. God, I, I refrain. I abstain from losing. I don't. <laughs> I, re, I abstain from losing. What, what happens if I, in out of respect and honoring the position that you're in, because I can relate. What if I abstain from winning? What does that leave us? Here, you know what? Hold on. I've got a solution. Uh oh. Oh, not the wheel. Oh, I've got oh. a solution. I don't want the wheel. <laughs> it's I not the wheel. Be... It's the flippy. What in the hell? Oh, okay. Uh... All right, Mark, what color you want? Huh? Uh, give me green. All right, I'm going to click. And whenever I say three, two, one, and click, you call it after I say that, okay? There's always a latency. I'm just gonna say heads. No tails. Ah, no heads. Ah, frick. Heads. <laughs> three, two, one. Call it heads. Yes. Yes. I think. I think we need to make an agreement that there's there's got to be at least a cooldown period on coin flips. To end episodes for a little bit here. I think this is. I mean, I was just gonna call Mark the winner, and then you said, "Wait, actually, I want a coin flip." No, well, you know what? I I lived to regret that, didn't I? I I've I've already regretting it. I didn't even have to live that long. So best uh, five out of seven. <laughs> no, <laughs> I win. Period. You do. It's a fair win. You had more points. Then Bob asked for a coin flip. You agreed, and the coin said I was right to begin with. So, um, <laughs> Bob, sorry. Uh, you know you've done a lot of these, but do you have a loser speech? Mm, it feels good to know that your lens cap is on my side. I'm going to keep that in my back pocket. Uh, <laughs> some point in the future, I'm sure we'll circle back to the lens cap situation. Uh, I just want to apologize to the viewers. I should not have encouraged the coin flip to happen. That's entirely my fault. Uh, come at me in the subreddit. I deserve it. I will never, ever advocate for a coin flip or a wheel spin ever again. And that is my solemn vow.
What about paper, rock, scissors? Uh, that's a whole different. That's a gentleman's game. That's not a coin flip. So that's an entirely different situation. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, Mark, winner speech. Uh, I think somehow in this episode I broke my nose again. I don't know how. What? See, look, it started to get red right here, and there's a little. It's sore. I, I, it's so fragile. Like if I crack it. Like if I rub my nose really hard or scratch my nose or like rub my eye and like poke it, see, like it's, I don't That's know what. not good, man. I, dude, I don't know. I I broke it once at the beginning of fil filming. I swear, like it just like gets sore. You think it was your laugh, your Pluto laugh? Did that break your nose? No, no, it was in this episode. Listen to my words. As winner, I declare that in the future, all words will be listened to. Period. That seems like a dangerous declaration. <laughs> That's As winner. fair, I guess. And coin flips are banned forever. I am on board with that. As long as you're host, I agree. All future episodes will be judged purely on skill. So long as you brave, brave watchers and listeners vote for me to be the winner in the future, I will always make sure everything is fair. <laughs> I like the wheel. I will make sure all future elections are fair. We will do the hard things and the other things, <laughs> and we will make sure it's fair. <laughs> Thank you all for joining in. Thanks for our fair results from our contestants. I appreciate the fairness that is always so fair here at Distractable. Um, if you haven't already, go follow Mark Markiplier. Go follow Bob, MySkerm. I'm Wade, Minion777, or Lord Minion777, depending. We might do another reprise of this. I, I, I enjoyed talking about it. I think we have a lot more we could talk about. So hopefully you all enjoyed it. Let us know in the subreddits. Plural now? We have merch? Maybe, probably, hopefully. Uh, we should just stop promoting that. That's never going to... It's fine. podcast.com It'll restock one day, maybe? Uh, maybe, I don't know. Listen, we just got to get through all the phone calls. Once we get through the eight customer service calls, someone will answer and they'll be like, yeah, we'll restock it. Right? It always works with other companies, so why wouldn't it work? Somebody. Th there will be merch, maybe. I don't know. You can look. But until then, thank you all for listening, watching on Spotify, preferably watching because you can see all of our fun antics like Lynn's flip uh, and Bob dancing, Mark breaking his nose. You can see it all live here. Anyway, until Mark hosts next time, podcast out. <laughs>